commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to, yet again, another episode of the Book of Boba Fett After Show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the after show where we discuss, and over here on YouTube, I need to get that little after show logo popped up. There it is. This is the Book of Boba Fett After Show presented by Mando Talk, where we do spoiler discussions regarding the latest chapter of the book of boba fett and this week we've got chapter three titled the streets of moss espa we're going to spoiler discuss it so you've been warned if you haven't seen chapter three of the book of boba fett we appreciate you checking us out wherever you're at but come back after you have seen it and joining me yet again who knows if this will be the last time before the baby arrives but we'll see is dj Foster at Rebel Scum Texan on Twitter. What's up, DJ? And just like you said, waiting on a baby to show up. That's that's kind of about it at this point. In fact, man, there could even be a chance that I have to jump out of here tonight. Who knows? You know, man, that's how close we are. So yeah, how crazy would that be that that could possibly happen? And before we just totally let my my unborn daughter just run away with the show. Couple of folks already here in the chat. We got Ryan V and Roll Farm Boy, aka RFB and Blue Harvest Bricks. What just is a couple. Up? It's just it's it's incredible that Blue Harvest. I say this so often. It is like <laughs> one or two in the morning where this dude is, and he's yeah. just like, "I'm here for it." Like you, you must work like the night shift, and this is your lunch hour or something. I don't know. Like yeah. I just we greatly appreciate that, but we appreciate everybody who jumps in here and talks to us about uh star wars in general with us and i already see a few of y'all throwing in your reviews and some and some thoughts from the episode and so keep them keep them coming absolutely yes. but we'll yeah. if we don't get to them right away don't feel like we left you out we also have a lot that we would like to say so you just keep those things coming and we will i promise you come back and revisit some of these um some of these thoughts you guys are throwing down here in the comments we Again, very much appreciate it. So, but other than that, Caleb, man, I, I tell you, this this was a this is a hotly debated episode of yeah, the Book of Boba Fett. It has been for for on my end as far as socials go. It seems like this has by far been the most divisive. I hate using that word, but it's just the case. Uh, the episode that's you know you're running into people that that absolutely love it, running into people that just absolutely can't stand it. Um, I mean, we can go ahead and just do like general thoughts before we get into like yeah. full on spoilers. Um, there is one thing that I have been very anxiously waiting to say, and I didn't want to just tweet it out. And, and by the way, follow Mando Talk at at Mando Talk on Twitter. Didn't want to just tweet it out because you know how Twitter is. Uh, if, if somebody reads it, that that could be the only impression they ever have of you and they might think of you negatively. And people that listen to the show and watch the show, you know how I am. Like, I love everything about Star Wars, everything that they're doing right now. And there's just one thing that I've, I've kind of been sitting on and thinking about after watching this. Uh, I know when... I first reached out to you, DJ, after seeing chapter three, you know, I said, you know, it may be potentially my least favorite live action television episode to date. Now you, <laughs> you directly responded and said, even the gunslinger. And, you know, yeah. I, I thought for a minute on that. And I was like, okay, maybe you're right. I think this chapter has a lot of stuff in it to love this chapter three of the streets of Moss. Es oh, Esper. man. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this thing to love. But this is kind of the thing that I've been sitting on. I think on paper, this chapter is incredible. Like the stuff that we get inside in this chapter three, great stuff. But for some reason, I think the direction of the episode is what's throwing me off. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say it. And, and this is kind that. of like the the common thing that people are struggling with. For me, it, it was the 
chase. I'm not going to say speeder chase because there was no speed in that chase. Uh, just something about it. Just <laughs> that's awesome. Something about it never... just felt off. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but that's so those are kind of my general thoughts. And, and I don't want to like, you know, rain on anybody's parade. Sure. If you loved it, I'm so happy for you. And I'm not, e- I don't even plan on going negative the rest of the way. I plan on just focusing on a positive light because that's not yes. what I do. If you loved it, I'm going to portray what I loved about it. That's what I'm going to focus on. Uh, but that's really yeah. the the main things that I that I wanted to say before we got going. DJ, any general things that you would like to say? Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought this episode was probably the most Easter eggy episode of either Mandalorian or Book of Boba to this point. And not to say there haven't been Easter eggs and moments in other episodes. This one just had you know, callbacks to so many different things. I mean, even a callback to two, di- oh, well, three, I guess, episodes of Mandalorian, um, you know, with Moss Eisley and, and everything like that. So there's just a lot to dissect in the Easter egg world uh, on this episode. And I think that's one of the reasons I loved this episode so much. Um, so as far as my general thoughts go, you know, it was it was certainly not the worst um, live action, you know, Star Wars we've had since the Disney takeover. Uh, even not even TV wise, it's not the the worst, I think. Mm-hmm. So this is this is actually, you know, for me, it, it's not going to end up being my favorite episode of the season. I know that much, but I will say that it's up there because it's so it's so well Easter eggy, as I put it. You know, I, I love yeah. little callbacks like that. And um, before we go any further, you know, we've got two more individuals who jumped in the chat with us. We got Ethan Farley. I'm just curious. I have to ask any relation to Chris. If so. Please identify yourself. And I know also, Ethan Farley. I, I know Ethan. Uh, and, Ethan and? is cousin-in-law, and I am so glad that you're here, dude. I am so thankful that you're in the chat. It's awesome to see you, and I'm already seeing some great insight and thoughts from you there, too. <laughs> well, we're going to have to come back. So he's not related to Chris Farley. You can confirm, I suppose. No, I can. I think I can confirm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, and then also we have Rafa... My, oh, I'm gonna screw this last name up. Madrigal. I hope I say that right. And uh, all the way from Costa Rica. So, man, just living on the beach. That's not bad, unless there you're you uh, not anywhere near the beach. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what it looks. Have you ever been to Costa Rica? I haven't been to Costa Rica. Nope. Nope. I haven't either. Okay. Well, regardless, we're glad everybody's here. And um, you know that that's kind of just so. Back to the, the question a second ago. That those are my kind of general. Uh, thoughts odd ah, dang not related to chris farley major bummer but um it is what it is so anyway um I, I like you said those are kind of my general thoughts you know i think overall this episode for me was all about the references and that's why i think i enjoyed it uh so much yeah yeah absolutely that's, that's it, it looks like dj you got a good eye on that chat why don't you because we got some action and we appreciate the action uh run through there yes. real quickly and, and just pull out some of the big ones that are kind of catching your eye let's do that well, starting with Ryan V, he says he want he he says I want more about the Bomar monks, which are the weird spider creature mm. people, and th- that's heavily di- you know been dived into in Legends material. So maybe there'll be some more uh, about that. He also says overall he liked a lot of it, but the biker gang speeders, of course, as you mentioned, you're not going to call it a speeder chase because there was no speed, which really had me rolling. I thought that was great. Um, and then Ethan, several thoughts, just several, several thoughts. I mean, he says, we haven't seen the last of Kersantan. I 100% am on board with you there, sir. I think he will 100% join uh, Boba's entourage. And we can talk more about that here in a little while. Um, some, some things to consider going forward. Most of the present day action scenes in this episode were with supporting characters. Um, and he's kind of leaning towards, hey, we need to get some more Boba action, which I think um, he's right. We should get some more Boba in, in action here before too long. Hopefully that's what um, is the case. So just that's kind of what we gotten so far. And then Blue Harvest Bricks, he enjoyed the episode. Uh, he's, he, he agrees that, you know, the chase was kind of slow. I think that's the general consensus is that chase is very slow yeah. uh, across the board. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember thinking because we're here, we're talking about it, might as well. Um, I thought the chase was pretty slow initially, but i mean it's still a chase i mean it's the slowest chase ever but yeah chase is a chase so mm-hmm. um i'll take what i can get if, if that's what you know hopefully they can deliver more in the future i guess the the vespas from 
a galaxy far, far away are not meant to go over about 15 miles an hour. Um, yeah. Which is a huge bummer because that speeder that, that the Major Domo was driving is like the exact same speeder that Han used to get yeah. away. We're going to revisit. of Solo. We're going to so, talk about that once we get to that part of the episode. Whatever. For sure. For sure. Uh, but DJ, let's kind of transition here. And something that you kind of hit me up with during the day is you wanted to revisit our predictions that we made on Tuesday. So so let's do that. By the way, if you're available on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, we do predictions prior to watching the latest episode live at that time. Uh, so make that plan. It's usually about an hour that we go. So plan to be there. So DJ, you wanted to revisit this. Let's hear your thoughts on these predictions. And, and you got some things correct. And I got to say, I struck out hardcore this week. Last week, I batted 1,000. This week, maybe maybe one thing. Maybe <laughs> one thing. Yeah. I mean, I, de I definitely did a little bit better, I think, this time around as far as just guessing. You know, the one thing that I really wanted to discuss that I was happy that I guessed right, and it I was a little proud of myself just being a movie, you know, movie buff and a filmmaker kind of guy. I just was really proud that I kind of nailed this one as far as watching the progression as it goes forward. Um, the timing was right for the Tuscan Raider Village to be taken out, and it's really going to propel – I mean, I, I firmly believe it's going to propel what we see with Boba over the next few episodes. So, um, and even if I've got a baby on the way, look, I'm going to hold that baby while I'm watching Book of Boba Fett. So y'all expect some extremely cute baby pictures um, <laughs> very, very soon on the old Twitterverse. But anyway, um, as far as my predictions for this last episode went, yeah, I, yeah, that's probably the one I got the right mm. the most and i'm having a cheat off of my phone here to make sure i got it right um just to make sure like i'm not missing something yeah i i didn't get the second one right boba hasn't left to go search for his armor yet mm -hmm. but i bet that's very soon you know i really think that they're going to time jump uh soon I'll, I'll save anything else like that as far as you know for tuesday you know and um We'll see if I can actually be here Tuesday and, and throw in some predictions. But even if I'm not here Tuesday, I've already written out some. I have, I think, oh, man, I have like, I think, 10 different predictions for Chapter 4 that yeah. I've, I'm ready to share in, in the case that I cannot be here. So Caleb will have those if I miss out. Um, Fair so hopefully, yeah, hopefully, you know, I can be here. But, yeah, no big deal if I can't. So anyway, those are just some of the things I wanted to run back over. Um, so, Caleb, what you, as far as your predictions go, you've already said you kind of struck out. But is there anything mm -hmm. that you're looking back at that you think, hey, I kind of maybe I was close? Or something well, like that? I know that I mentioned as well that the speeder gang attempts to get revenge on Boba and the Tuscans and the Tuscan leader is killed. I should have been more more in depth with that all of them all of them got wiped out but yeah boba is not ready to return to his armor and outside of that i don't think that i got a single thing correct i feel like i'm probably a week or two ahead so we'll see yeah. we'll see some of these uh predictions i made uh tuesday night i probably need to copy and paste into next week's potentially feel or, <laughs> or later down the line but listen folks let's go ahead and now what we're going to do is we are going to you know, like we do each week, we're going to just run through the episode linearly. So me and DJ can make sure that we didn't miss anything um, and keep the chats coming. We appreciate it. And we'd love to hear you guys even more so uh, from us. What, what, what you got? Blue Arms Breaks is killing me. He says DJ was the only person cheering when the Tuskins got destroyed. That's not <laughs> true. I was just excited. I got it right. I wasn't happy they died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me sound terrible. <laughs> No, nah, you're oh, fine. Oh man, that's so funny. You're fine. So you're fun. fine. Hey, that was a very emotional moment, by the way. And, and Dude, okay, honestly, we'll it get was. there. We'll get there. Yeah, okay. we need. We got to stay in order. <laughs> yeah, we got to get going. Okay, chapter three: The Streets of Moss Espa. Director: Robert Rodriguez. Writer: John Favreau. Okay, so let's just go oh, ahead writer. and get straight to the opener of this episode. Um, Beaumark monks, like you mentioned, or a Beaumark monk, is seen outside of Boba's palace as Boba Finnick in 8D8. I don't feel like we've really talked about that droid enough. Uh, are discussing the state of Moss Espa. It has been divided amongst three families. The Trandoshans took the city center, the Aqualish took the workers' district, and the Clatoonians took the starport and upper sprawl. All of this has led to Mayor Mokshaiz being very 
wealthy. It is still not confirmed who necessarily hired these assassins, either the mayor or the huts. That's kind of what they're discussing kind of in this moment. And then we get kind of our episode kickstart with this Lortha Peel dude who is a watermonger in the workers district he arrives at the palace to request that boba handle a street gang of insolent youth that have been stealing his inventory what did you think of this dude i know he eventually offered to double his tribute if the gang was handled appropriately i as soon as i saw him i thought i immediately the word that comes to mind is slimy i, I don't like this dude what did you think when you saw him first word that comes to my mind is dodgeball <laughs> All right. That's that's the dorky guy with glasses from Dodgeball. I mean, no way. And he's all that's him. He's the guy whose wife doesn't respect him. And he's like, we can play Dodgeball. That's him. That's that guy. You know, I can't remember his name, but, you know, that's he goes off at the in the last, um, you know, major Dodgeball game at the end of the movie. But that's that guy. So, like, for mm. me, I was like, I know that guy. And it clicked. We could play Dodgeball. So I, I tripped out a little bit. No, but as far as a character goes, okay, um, this guy kind of portrayed himself to be a weaker individual, weaker businessman, and and then you get out there into the streets and see the conversation with the uh, biker gang, and you, you kind of look at him and you're like, you're just upset. Basically, in other words, this is a guy who he is the, can I speak to your manager of the Star Wars universe? That's how I see this guy. <laughs> Um, and it just so happens Boba is the manager. So he knew exactly where to go in this instance. Now, as far as that is concerned, I, I, this guy, you know, it seemed, it seemed like a weird person to kind of even be in, in the episode as a, an actor. I was like, this is not somebody I would have expected to see in star Wars, mm -hmm. but it makes sense that this kind of character would be there. And, you know, I could see, you know, why they had that going there, but it does help give Boba some more i don't know if an army is the right word but at least like a little bit of backup mm. i mean if i'm boba i'm not choosing a bunch of tatooine teenagers um to be my my backup i just it seems like a bad call um but i do want to say you know one other thing going back to where the the people are distributed and how who has control over what territory of mos Espa, mm. the clatoonians i believe you said they have the upper sprawl, which is, I'm assuming, up out of that crater, I, mm -hmm, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been where Anakin lived. So just a little fun little thing there. Anakin Skywalker as a little child would have lived in the Clatoonian-controlled mm -hmm. area of uh, Mos Espa. So I just think that's an interesting note. But as far as this guy goes, I mean, I, I kind of hope that he gets killed off. I'm just yeah. being honest with you. I don't, I, I don't yeah. like him. Maybe he can be the... Uh... The f and, and I know we're getting ahead, but maybe he can be the first uh, human to be fed to our new rancor that we get. <laughs> I would mm. I would like it. I would like it. I, OK, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for anybody getting fed to the rancor is great. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So Boba and Finnick uh, now kind of respond to this. They begin their walk through the streets of Mos Espa to address and to confront this gang. And it's revealed that this Sophie Thatcher. Uh, character Vespa character is in this gang so it's a completely new character you know it wasn't Dr. Afra or, or anybody anything that we've seen before which I personally am kind of happy about I'm glad this that this was a new character and inside this scene whenever they get there first of all I thought it was really cool to see Tatooine at night like that but then once we get there we kind of discover that Lortha Pill is kind of like a a greedy kind of dude who's charging a month's wages for a week's water and boba offers the gang to come work for him after they kind of express like look we have no money uh there are no jobs for us to even take so we're kind of stuck here um and lortha reveals the gang owes him 1300 credits and boba gives him 500 and boba says that it doesn't uh, or he doesn't like it if he doesn't like it he can move to moss Isley, which i thought, thought was kind of interesting um, I didn't yeah. really know why that was so like viewed negatively because Finnick like laughs immediately uh, when he says that. Is there something out there that confirms that Moss Eisley is just like a, a poor state right now? I mean, I know in Mandalorian it's dead, like nobody's there. But is sure. there anything else well, out there that has like revealed why Moss Eisley is now viewed so negatively? Well, I mean, Obi-Wan straight up calls it a wretched hive of scum and villainy. True. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what I read that was, that's the first thought I, I had. 
didn't even consider it being empty when Mando goes in there in season one. So I, when I heard that, I was thinking, okay, you know, it's it's a wretched hive. So more than likely, if this guy relocates to sell water, which is so it's such a weird concept to me because we don't sell. I mean, we buy bottled water, but I don't know, just it's a whole thing. But anyway, um, he could relocate to Moss Eisley if he wanted to. But I mean, he could run into man, who knows, you know, I mean, bounty hunters or, you know, somebody who's just going to, you know, try to mug them, you know, it could be any number of things. So that's how I looked at it. And, you know, to me, I look at Moss Espa. Moss Espa is much more, um, it's uppity. Let, let me just yeah. put it. It's like the most uppity you can get, I guess, in, um, in Tatooine or on Tatooine, I should say. And where Moss Eisley would kind of be, I guess, considered like a small town, you know, sticks kind of deal yeah that's that's probably a good call um now this scene it kind of results in basically it's just the the plot point of boba you know getting some more help getting some more fighters workers whatever you want to call them uh this gang does end up following them back to the palace and it kind of wraps up here lorth appeal looks on kind of with disgust that's kind of how I view it. I mean, obviously, he's probably bummed. He only got 500 credits when he thought he should have gotten 1,300. So any final thoughts before we leave the opener and we transition to flashback number one and the only flashback of this episode? No, let's go. Let's get into the flashback because there's a lot of good stuff in that. Yeah. All right. So young Boba watches the Slave One depart Camino in a slightly extended version of the um flashback that we got it was last chapter i believe where young boba was watching slave one which i saw an article recently of tamara calling it the fire sprayer so that might be coming down the line so i put that in parentheses in our notes just for those of you out there to kind of keep in mind it might be referenced as fire sprayer later on in this series uh he watches it depart camino it's interesting that we got it extended is this is this more subtle tease that we're not done with young Boba? I certainly believe so. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because in my opinion, like outside of just that one moment, it really was kind of weird that it's there other than, okay, they're, they're teeing up the opportunity to continue to add to this scene potentially, uh, or just, just a young Boba in general later in the series. And then we kind of transition away from that back to the Tuscan Raider and, and Boba being on Tatooine, but any thoughts that you want to add to the, the Camino moments? Cause I know that's really important to you. Yeah, no, for me, and I have no problem saying this now. Um, this is a prediction, but it's a prediction for like three episodes from now. Um, I, we know, and Ryan V said this in the chat, and I wanted to shout him out again because he asked the can we talk about how Dave Filoni is writing episode six or, or chapter six, we should say. He, he typically only has been writing episodes with Ahsoka or, you know, something that would tease something later to come, you know. So with him having written what he's written so far, you know, I straight up think, and I texted Caleb this, I put this on Twitter, you know, chapter six, Boba versus Cad Bane, flashback with Daniel Logan. I'm Gosh, calling. that would be you know? so cool. <laughs> and and it, it doesn't have to be anything big. I mean, just look at the Under the Helmet documentary that just released. They filmed that thing a while back, okay? I mean, it's been a minute. But, you know, they it takes a second to film anything and get it put out there. So because he was near Lucasfilm or in talks with Lucasfilm, they definitely didn't, you know ignore him being Boba Fett and he's he's been he's he's actually somebody's put him in a Boba Fett suit before you can google Daniel Logan in Boba Fett costume it looks incredible he looks looks incredible yeah Yeah. so I mean bring him in and have him fight Cad Bane in live action that way we get that Clone Wars um episode kind of finished but in live action we get the history of the dent is why I'm knocking my head yeah so (laughs) you know that so I think no we are not done with um I don't want to say baby Boba Fett, but we're definitely not done with a younger Boba Fett. That's that's where I feel like this is going for now. And at the risk of totally screwing up my track record of guessing stuff right so far, you know, throwing that out there, because I really think it, it's a possibility. I think it's yeah. a strong possibility. No. Um, and 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 RFB says something really quick and I'll hand it back over to you. He said, is, okay. is this young Boba watching Django go to Coruscant? Hey, maybe, you know, I mean. 
it would be the perfect time to put it out there. That's my own head cannon right now. That's what I keep thinking of every time I see that scene. Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be open to interpretation like that. And honestly, I kind of want it to be. I think that'd be really cool if it was open to interpretation for the fans. Like, you view that scene how you want to. But that's currently what I'm thinking of it. Now, what I wanted to add to what you were saying, uh, Daniel yeah. Logan recently on Instagram, and I believe Star Wars Newsnet ran an article about this today. Yes. Somebody on one of his posts commented and said something about you know i'm not watching because you're not boba fett or whatever and he replied to this and said give it a shot or something so i'm i'm paraphrasing here give it a shot yes um you never know or some you never know he's basically saying you never know you never know you never know who's gonna show up there you go there you go yes it's and i'm leaning i'm I'm about 70 percent leaning toward daniel logan's gonna be showing up somehow some way well, I hope so. I hope so, too. You know, it, it just feels wrong, you know, to not acknowledge him as a younger Boba at this point. And it's because he, he did such a good job in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. He did such a good job in, in Attack of the Clones. I mean, he was only like, what, like 10 years old when he did Attack of the Clones. So, I mean, anything would be great to see him again. So, I'm kind of with you. You say 70. I'm more leaning like 80, 85% that there that'll happen. So I, I would really love to to see that. And then, and Rafa in the chat is saying the same thing. Um, you know, he, and he's looking at this perception of Boba missing his father, which mm. is a good thing that, you know, of course, if your dad passes away, you're going to be thinking about, um, you're going to be thinking about that relationship you had with that. And, and it's any loved one probably. So it's, and we see that with Luke, it's kind of like Luke's version of looking on, um, uncle Owen and aunt Baru having been totally, you know, wiped out in a new hope mm-hmm. before he goes off with Obi-Wan. So it's kind of a similar situation here. Um, it's nice. It's nice how these things mirror. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's coming back. He's coming back for sure. All right. Well, we'll see. We will see. Okay. So we kind of get that tease again and, and, We'll see if they keep playing off of it. But then we go back to Boba being on Tatooine, and he's riding a Bantha away from the Tusken Raider tribe to Moss Eisley to meet with the Pikes. And I got to say, it's a really cool scene seeing Boba on this Bantha with, like, the Tatooine suns behind him. And it's like this silhouette. It's great. It's phenomenal. It's the Western vibes of why so many people fell in love with the Mandalorian. Um, And then he arrives to Moss Eisley and in the background we see the stormtrooper helmets that are put on spikes and we see Pelimoto both of these are connections directly to Mandalorian and as a diehard Mandalorian fan I love to see this as somebody that loves Pelimoto I absolutely love to see her it was really great really cool what did you think of that small subtle connection it's cool because we're watching the stormtrooper helmets go on the pikes. No, I mean, not pikes, the, well, spikes, I should say, go. the poles, yeah. you know. I got it all kind of confused there for a second. But <laughs> it's cool because that shows that the Empire has just been wiped out. And that means the Death Star has been blown up while Boba's been with the Tuscans. Um, that's what, it's a subtle story that is great analysis you know what this whole time i was just thinking oh there's a cool shot of of mandalorian stuff but i didn't even think about how this potentially timelines exactly when boba is there when when i when me star wars i only go deep i can't not dig any deeper it's just what it is i'm i'm basically bragging right now no (laughs) i i and i that just came to me it's not a thought i had until just now um it's just kind of it's just kind of one of those hey you know what? Boba's been with the Tuscans this whole time. Why else? Like, and that means that people in Tatooine were sick of it. And mm-hmm. that would also tell us, and that tells us with the Sarlacc pit as well, with the Stormtrooper in the first episode, the Empire never left Tatooine after yeah. episode four. So, and it's uh, a great shout point. out to Ethan who, who adds to that saying also probably Boba's first clue that the something has happened to the Empire. Yeah, like, it might be his first clue. That's incredible. Yes. Great analysis, Man. Ethan. I love that. Didn't even th- so, didn't even think of this. I was just thinking, but it's, oh, cool. They're just doing a little yeah, Easter egg yeah. with Mandalorian, whatever. <laughs> oh, I know, and that, and I love the the fact that it was an Easter egg. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that's my that's my favorite thing about this episode is the Easter egg. So 
having seen that and then Pelimoto, you know, honestly, I was kind of getting tired of her character in season two. Um, I was like, are we really like this second time, the first time around in season two, I was like, Hey, she's back. And then I saw her again. I was like, I didn't need to see you again, but <laughs> it's nice if she's just walking in the background with those pit droids. I think that's hilarious. You know, I yeah. just, I love, it's just a reminder of like, Hey, you remember Mandalorian? Like it's Disney subtly being like, Hey, go back and rewatch those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm desperate. I I've been wanting to watch, go back and watch the Tatooine episodes of Mandalorian. I just haven't had the opportunity yeah. to do it. So, so they did exactly what they sought out to do. So um, next thing here in the episode, we get this one on one conversation between Boba and a very fancily. Is that a word? Fancily? Very decked out uh, Pike leader. It is revealed that the Pike syndicate is already paying the Kenton Striders for protection. I believe that's the speeder gang. I just think that's the name drop uh, of what they're calling them. So they will not be paying. So the, what that Pike leader saying is they will not be paying Boba and the Tuscans for protection. And Boba at this point is determined to then wipe out that Kenton Strider gang officially. And, and you know what? Honestly, I know the Pikes were probably supposed to be viewing them as villains, but I could totally get where that Pike leader was coming from. Like, why would they pay both of them? Like, that's something that that, that those two groups are going to have to figure out the Tuscan Raiders and the Striders. They're going to have to figure out which one is going to win that battle to then protect us. So, you know, I, I kind of understood where he was coming from, but obviously I know we're supposed to view the Pikes as just evil people, but it set up a pretty, uh, pretty emotional moment. But before we leave um, their one-on-one conversation, what did you think of, of this moment? I was a little surprised to see the Pikes come back and, I do like that we get the name drop of the biker gang from Boba's past, the Kenton, Kentan Striders, um, which I did, I had to Google it today to figure out what that was. And it turns out it's one of the little people that are on the hollow chess board um, in the Millennium Falcon. And we see all the time, you know, the little chess, you know, when they play chess, it's one of those little animals, those little creatures. So hmm. a Kenton, a Kenton or a Kenton Strider. I don't know if it's a Kenton or a Kenton Strider, but um, there's a, and I don't, no orabesh either the star wars language so maybe that jl shape is the two letters of kenton strider whatever they are in orabesh i don't know um because i don't i don't do orabesh i've attempted to translate orabesh before and it's a headache and a half but um anyway i I really think that this is a great scene it shows us where the crime lord aspect of things is coming in and it really shows us boba's first time at being you know any kind of a a leader of any kind of a clan or, or anything like that. And so that, you know, he's going to pull from that in his crime Lord stuff as we go forward more than likely is my, is my guess. So I think it's great. And I, and you're right. It does set up the next scene. Um, very, very well, very well. Cause it just, it's not something like I expect, I, I expected it to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily expect it to go down the way it did. You know yeah. what I mean? And looking back on it, you know, when when Boba was striding away on the Bantha and they show the leader, the female warrior, the kid now watching it again, you're like, oh, gosh, that's the last time he's going to see those uh, Tusken Raiders because he goes back to that camp and those striders have officially wiped out those um, Tusken Raiders. And I got to say, the moment when Boba is throwing the gaffy sticks into the fire that hit really hard, especially when he pulled out the little kids just wooden stick where that little kid was just acting like he had the real thing. Golly, that was some heavy emotions. And this kind of sets Boba onto the next thing. That's where the flashback ends. Um, But it's certainly, and I think somebody that was, that was a, watching live and maybe you're still watching live earlier in the chat mentioned how I think this is kind of segueing into a lesser amount of flashbacks because we're getting very 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 closer to Boba present day as far as his motives go but man was this tough DJ thoughts on the emotions and just thoughts overall from the flashback before we move back into present day it's interesting because yeah, I, I can't find who said it's something about the flashbacks. 
um, kind of disappearing as we go forward, which it makes sense if that's the if that's the case. And and RFB confirms that it's not Orabesh um, that mm. they're writing, so that JL means something totally different. But um, with the Tuscans, you know that scene, him coming back, I I wasn't totally expecting um, it, it to come up that fast. I I thought it'd be an, a second flashback in the episode, to be honest with you. So when it didn't, when it ended there and we just got the rest of the present day stuff, it was good present day stuff. I was fine with it, but you know, I was expecting that later, this, this kind of, you know, them getting killed off kind of thing, but he does throw that stick onto the fire. Reminds me of the movie, the Patriot with Mel Gibson and uh, great movie. Goodness. Oh yes. Yeah. We should do an episode where we just talk about the Patriot and just (laughs) call it a geek verse reactions reactions to the Patriot. To the Patriot. Yes. I love that movie. And it's incredible. There's an extended edition of it, by the way. Um, Really? It's really good. Anyway, Mm. we'll talk about that another time. (laughs) Um, Y'all let us know if you want us to review the Patriot in the chat. Um, But anyway, you know, there's the scene when that one guy, um, JL stands for Jabba Love. Nice, Brian V. Um, (laughs) But there's the scene when this guy's son gets killed by the Redcoats and he sees him there laying in there and there's a shack or something burning. And, you know, the rest of the story, you'll go watch it for yourself. And it's a very sad moment. It reminded me of that because... Um, the difference here is that Boba's like, I'm going to do something about this. So what we're seeing here is Boba's past mirroring his present. We're seeing him say, you took out my family. I'm going to come for you. And then we're now seeing as a crime Lord at the end of the episode, we're going to be ready for war. Cause he's like, you know, get the drums ready. We're, we're about to head off into the sunset together. Y'all is what he's thinking. So, you know, that's where you know, there's so much emotion happening here. You can see the wheels turning in Boba's mind as he's trying to figure out what his next move is going to be if he hasn't already figured it out. And uh, it was very sad. However, I will say, I don't think that the kid is dead. And I don't think that the the woman, the female warrior is dead. Um, mm. We didn't see that. We didn't see their bodies. That's we did see point. the Tuscan leader's body, which I, I called the Tuscan leader getting killed. And But, you know, I didn't, it didn't get it all totally right because Boba didn't, he, I guess he's technically the leader of the tribe now, if the tribe, if he's the only one. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. Um, but, but anyway, I don't think that they're dead. I think that they escaped and I think he's going to find them and they're going to kick some tail. I really yeah. hope that's the case. Cause, cause I'm, and I know I just made a comment about how the flashbacks were, are slowly kind of going away, but don't forget two things are coming to my mind right now. Number one, we still haven't seen the trailer shot of these rider, these striders being on their speeders. Um, so it would certainly make sense for a an upcoming chapter to see Boba and whoever's with him to get full on deadly revenge. And, and I'm sure there will be a lot oh, sure. of emotion behind all of those swings. And then secondly, the other flashback moment that I'm thinking of is Boba looking at Jabba's palace. Uh, so we, we are still definitely going to be dealing yes. with some flashback moments. But we'll see. I can definitely see kind of this transitioning occurring, though, because we are very closely uh, getting to the Mandalorian time frame and, and the present day time frame of the Book of Boba Fett. Any final thoughts from you regarding flashbacks before we do get to that present time of the Book of Boba Fett? Just that Ryan V here says the warrior Tuscan will come back with a different tribe and help defeat Crimson Dawn in the finale. Hello, that's something right there. Now you know, isn't, that's isn't, good isn't, stuff. didn't um didn't we say something about uh Tuscan Raiders coming coming around to help on we Tuesday's did. prediction? Last week we did just the other day, yes. Which hey, go in there and go to war like a bantha. I mean that like a bantha. Can you oh Bantha's riding into war? Bantha's riding into war, Caleb. Dude, ah! Sign me up. Come on. With Black Car Santon running with him. Oh, on top of a bantha he's just <laughs> riding a no black car santon's on a daggum dewback that's where he is he's riding a dewback just oh, boom gosh. it's oh right. it's gonna be lit well talk <laughs> about a perfect vespa aka a perfect segue uh let's get Ooh. into black car santon because as soon as uh this flashback ends uh well it's forcefully ended by yes, our boy black car santon who uh wakens boba from his back to pod and he's there and he full on attacks and he full on 
Rex, and I mean Rex Boba before the Vespa gang and the Gamorians come in to aid. So before we go any further, though, I have to say I kind of jumped a little bit in my seat when I saw Black Car Santin just looking down on Boba there. It was very cool kind of seeing the the knuckles. I, I don't know electricity. I don't know what was going on there. I'm sure the comic book yeah. readers might know some some information about that. Uh, it's it's weird saying this, but it's funny seeing Boba in uh, Hanes boxer briefs and just getting tossed around. Very cool. <laughs> Man, the Boba Fett the Boba Fett underoos are now canon. Is what I took. You know, I, I think I sent a picture of the Boba Fett underoos yeah, to Caleb. Yeah, I saw did. it everywhere. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on Facebook. I was like, this is hilarious. He's wearing underoos. I think it's incredible. So yeah, you know, it, I definitely was like, oh crap, that's a Wookie. You know, like that was the first thing I thought. It, it registered Black Carson. You know, immediately. Um, which, by the way, I you know because. Chewbacca is on my poster here behind me. I had to put this poster up tonight because of Black Carsantin. You know, I don't have a Black Carsantin poster. Now I want, I want about, I want, I want a Black Carsantin stuffed animal so bad now. I think it'd be so much fun to have, but he, he came in here and you're right, dude. He, he just full blown wrecked shop on Boba and Boba, you know, granted he, he's still Boba and he kind of, he held his own as best as anybody could in that scenario. I mean, he was sneak attacked. He had no weapons, no armor, nothing. I mean, man, for force sake, he's just in his undies, you know? I mean, he did what he could. And if it hadn't been for a bunch of teenagers kind of helping him, it went. And, and honestly, Fennec, you know, was still there too, which I have a beef a little bit though. Why is Boba the only one dressed for bed? Why, why isn't anybody else in their Star Wars jammies is what I want to know. I just, they all came running in like they hadn't just been woken up. And I was like, are you guys just awake all the time? Hey, even Finnick. Even, well, I still think Finnick is out here to betray Boba. And that, I believe, was, I don't think Black Crescent was getting in there if Finnick, you know, didn't let him. You know, I think mm. there's something fishy going on here. I still Come expect Finnick to defect. <laughs> I'm it, Man, that's what I'm expecting. I, I really think, and that would be dope. I think it'd be so awesome. This scene's incredible. I've replayed it in my head four trillion times since I've watched it. I go to sleep thinking about it. Even when I'm not sleeping, I'm thinking about it. It's it's the greatest thing that's happened in, yeah. in my in my week. It, it's yeah, no, great. absolutely. Now I did find I found it interesting that Finnick was last to kind of come in there. Like I was wondering what's she doing, where's she at, uh, the whole time. Uh, maybe, it was interesting to kind of. To kind of see the five Vespa or however many there were, uh, kind of go toe to toe there with Carson, and and yeah, there there is one kind of decision in there that I thought was interesting as well that Boba did not get to his armor. He didn't. He wasn't able to put it on. He I know he tried to put on one of his gauntlets and do something about it, but I actually kind of liked that he had to rely only on his former Tuscan Raider training of just using the gaffy stick. Now, obviously, it wasn't enough at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I am kind of a little bit bummed that we're not going to see like a full on Boba suited up battle with Black Car Santin because it, it, they don't really seem like they're enemies by the end of, of this chapter. So that that's fine, though. I'm not too worried about it. We'll see. We'll see what happens between uh, those two characters. But we do kind of transition. Well, well next, uh, Finnick does kind of get him inside that rancor, rancor pit to kind of trap him for a little bit. But then Boba and Finnick are enjoying a very nice meal together. And it kind of seems like Boba's annoyed by how nice of a meal that they are getting, by the way. I just wanted to point that out. And they're kind of discussing the next steps that they need to take after the Black Car Santan attack. And then suddenly, as they're kind of making those plans, 8D8 arrives and informs that the huts have arrived with a gift. So let me just do the rundown of this little scene. And again, we'll pass it to DJ and then that'll kind of fuel our discussion. The twins offer an apology. They admit that they sent Black Car Santin to kill him. They then offer a rancor as a gift whose keeper is Danny Trejo, which was really cool. And we'll discuss more about him later. Yes. Um, they reveal that they will be leaving Tatooine and returning to Nalhutta due to the territory being promised to another syndicate by the mayor, Mok Shaiz. Boba then offers Black Har Santin's release 
back to the Twins to seal the deal that they will not lay claim to Jabba's legacy, but the Twins tell Boba to accept uh, Black Harsantin back to the Gladiators or to sell Black Harsantin back to the Gladiators and accept that as their tribute. But Boba decides to release him. Uh, they kind of look at each other, which kind of teases that they might see each other again. Who knows? But that's kind of this scene, this moment. It was really cool. I was hooked. I was captivated this whole time listening to the discussion that they were having. I was questioning the huts being legit there, just like Boba and Finnick were by the end of this. They were questioning, should we really trust them? Let's set up a let's set up a meeting with the mayor to really get the to figure out what's going on. I loved this moment. And I got to say, this conversation between the two parties was my favorite moment of this episode. So, DJ, I'll now pass it to you. What did you think of all of this, all of the different reveals, you know, the the rancor, Danny Trejo, like all of it? What did you think? It certainly was the most important moment of the episode. There's no doubt the conversation between Boba and the two hot twins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think we're done seeing Black Chrysanthemum. You know, uh, Rafa's down here in the chat saying he's going to help Boba out somewhere down the line. And um, yeah, I think that's 100% going to happen. You know, you even said, Caleb, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say to add to that, somebody in our Discord today like made a, co a connection to how Wookiees have life debts. And, and how yeah. that could potentially portray Carsant and Boba to work together in this show. Yeah, and I think that that will be something that takes place. You know, I think it was Speeder Bike Tim in, yeah. in the, um, it in the was. Discord. So shout out, if you're not a part of our Discord, we, we haven't talked about Discord in, in a minute, but if you're not a part of our Discord, go jump in there because, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be more active in there. Um, and we're kind of relying on uh speeder bike tim <laughs> he's been jumping in great this week for us and we really appreciate him uh but all that aside go join our discord because you know you don't got you guys don't have to just talk to us on the chat we would love to talk to you on discord so uh but going forward you know i think that there is a life debt situation that could come up i initially thought that the life debt situation would have something to do with fennec and boba but because I keep thinking that she's going to betray him, I think that it's going to be more of a, you know, maybe it's Chrysanthemum and Boba, and maybe that's going to give us a nice little Han and Chewy feel like Boba's got his Wookiee, oh, you know? Man. And okay, okay. You know, <laughs> how cool would that be, you know? But, you know, it's I like really poetry. think that this thing, it rhymes. <laughs> yes, always. I love, I need to rewatch that doc. Anyway, um, I still think that this conversation with the Huts is very telling. They said a, a, a different syndicate guys it's it's either the pikes or it's crimson dawn i mean and i really think it's crimson dawn of. that's immediately I what mean, i thought of when he said it i was be. like let's go amelia clark bring yes. on the dragons let's go <laughs> <laughs> she just crimson dawn it's like you want to know why it's crimson and then dragons just start breathing fire is what's going to happen if she comes in on a dewback what if she comes in riding a dewback the closest or a crate dragon gosh just put Caleb. her on put her on something Come on, that would be so yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I think that there's definitely that's what's going on. Um, Danny Trejo, he has been in every Robert Rodriguez pro, uh, yep. pr production ever. So Machete is how I know him from um, Spy Kids. <laughs> Spy Kids. Yes. Yes. Grew up with Spy Kids. I love is people hate on Spy Kids. I love Spy Kids. Like I remember when Robert Rodriguez was announced as a director for Mandalorian, everybody was like, is it just going to be Spy Kids with Star Wars? Mm -hmm. <laughs> people are trashing it. But anyway, I, it's it's worked out so well, clearly. And Danny Trejo is a rancor, a wrangler. Uh, yes, all day long, forever. I think it's fantastic. And this is where we get some of the best Easter eggs. Dathomir witches are mentioned. The Rancor mm. itself is in there. Who knows if this is Moochie from Bad Batch? I mean, I'm kind of hoping it is. Maybe because Bib Fortuna picked up Moochie from the Bad Batch. Jabba yeah. gifted that Rancor to his niece and nephew. Mm. Yes. That's his niece? No, cousin. Or is it cousins? Cousins. Yeah, cousins. 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 Whatever. Cousins. Regardless, what if that's the gift? and They're just re-gifting the Rancor. Maybe, maybe, but the, the only thing that I, I would think uh, uh, regarding that, and this kind of goes into the next thing where we go inside that Rancor pit, uh, Danny Trejo is kind of discussing, you know, and explaining this particular Rancor. He says that this Rancor is depressed, says that it's emotionally complex. It's an emotionally complex creature. 
and this is the part that I was specifically thinking of, that it was a calf and bread from champions for fighting and that Danny Trejo's character himself saved him to train. So that's the only reason why I'm thinking that it's not necessarily Moochie, but maybe a brand new Rancor, which I'm totally fine with. Um, but, you know, something that was inside this scene that yeah. really in, that really stuck to me was this whole idea of imprinting on the first human that the Rancor sees. I absolutely love that little detail. I don't know what it is about that, but just sign me up about that idea. Oh, I know what it is. I, I love it. What I know is exactly it? what it is. I'm telling you, it is because of that dude who who was taking care of Jabba's Rancor. You know, Jabba's Rancor. <laughs> yeah. That guy, that was, they had a, a bond. I remember mm -hmm. being a kid and being like, Dad, why is I'm asked my dad, Dad, why is that guy crying? I mean, it's I, I saw the Rancor as a monster. I was like, why is he crying? And he goes, well, that was his pet. He took care mm -hmm. of him. And I was like, oh, okay. So watching the Boba's relationship develop with this Rancor is 100%, you know, a callback to that guy was crying because that was his pet. You know, he took yeah. care of that thing. And that's what that that's what that's all about. I'm telling you right now, that's what it has to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Now, you know, and again, I'll just continue says is loving. And then, like you said, was ridden by witches of Dathomir through the forest and fins. Really cool little connections there. Um, and then Boba begins petting the Rancor and he expresses his desire to learn how to ride it. And I immediately thought of Star Wars Newsnet, how a few months ago they talked about how Boba Fett was potentially spotted on uh set riding a rancor so it seems like we're definitely going in that direction uh and i can't wait to see it and also he revealed that he's ridden beast 10 times the size what did you think and, and what creatures holiday did you special. think of holiday yeah. special baby holiday special he's out there riding whatever the heck that thing was and ethan already said it in the chat too he was riding that thing from the story of the faithful Wookiee. Everybody <laughs> thinks that's what that's a reference to. There's no way that's not what that's a reference sure. to. I was too cool for me. You know, I'm hoping Mythosaur, you know, because I'm all about I don't care all about I don't it. really care, but I like no, 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 I, I like the I like the I holiday special connection there, too. Don't get me wrong. No, I mean, I don't care if it's a Mythosaur or not. I mean, yeah, we're still if he if he's rode the Mythosaur, the, the whether or not Boba's a Mandalorian debate is over. over. Okay. It's over. It's done. What three, two, one? He's down. Anyway, I've never watched wrestling. I don't know if that's evident about the everything about me. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like the UFC. I do like to watch some UFC. So there's a little tidbit about me. Now, one day we'll have a Mando talk trivia contest, and that'll be one of the trivia questions. No, I'm just Maybe. Um, but that's that's where I'm at on this. I mean, it, it was just there's just so much happening in this rancor pit that isn't deadly you know we can actually dissect some emotion you know on this and it's it's just an incredible you know tidbit i guess so to speak and of course the whole time danny trejo's there which is yeah. just like perfect i don't know why but it is <laughs> yeah no you're you're right um the only other final things here that we haven't mentioned that i want to make sure that we do before we move forward Boba definitely teases an eventual name because he's like, what are we going to call you? Like, we're definitely going to get a name drop eventually for this Rancor. Uh, the Rancor does imprint on Boba when the blinders are removed. Or at least that's how I interpreted that scene for sure. And then this training is definitely interrupted by 8D8 with the news that the mayor is unavailable for the next 20 days. And Boba leaves but instructs to feed the Rancor first. And it and I'm I'm glad they showed this little shot. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it enough to put it in the notes. It looked like Danny Trejo's character and the Rancor look very pleased uh, that Boba Fett is this Rancor's new master. I love that for some reason. So I just felt the need to mention that. So I'll just pass it to you, DJ, before we leave the Rancor pit, because I know that the Rancor was also something that was very important to you about the book of Boba Fett and potentially getting a new one. So I don't want to move away from it before potentially giving well, you the final say. I, I didn't care if a Rancor came back. I was hoping for a different monster, but mm. given that the Star Wars Newsnet article back from October was about Boba riding a Rancor, and now mm. it's looking like that's going to be very true. Which at the time I was like, why would Boba ride a Rancor? Now I'm like, you know, Boba's going to ride a Rancor, and that's fine. Tim Arnold has joined the chat. Good evening. Hello there. Glad you're here. 
Pretty sure that's um, speeder bike Tim. Is that him? Pretty sure. Well, welcome <laughs> our friend from Discord, speeder bike Tim. Um, you know, it's great that there's a rancor. I I will be upset if it doesn't eat somebody or something. Mm. I need to see that. Maybe the water. That's all dude. I want. <laughs> the witch dude. Oh, the water dude. <laughs> That guy needs to be eaten by the rancor. He needs yeah. to just be eaten by the sarlacc pit. That's how much to, I dislike him. He needs to get got. <laughs> he does need to get got. Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on next to the episode. So Boba and Finnick and the Vespa gang are immediately go after or go to try to meet with the mayor. They refuse to wait 20 days and rightfully so. Um, and they arrive in the mayor. Um, Mo- the major domo is there at the door to greet them and of uh, and the um receptionist i, I love the dude i love I, for did, some did, reason i love that receptionist you and, I, you and i came across a twitter account for the reception the receptionist yeah, we, um, did. we did i can't remember the handle now but it's it's um how it's something Espa. i think it's sw underscore uh receptionist i think star like star wars receptionist something like that either way that guy i actually saw something interesting about that guy he um somebody thinks that he is just a a reprisal of a character that was in the cantina in 1977 really that just some background character he's like all right i got a job in my sespa as a receptionist and he just goes to moss eisley (laughs) um which reminds me of a country song called uh dallas days and fort worth nights if anybody's interested in checking that out that's what that reminds me of that's a random (laughs) random reference but anyway um Go check out, I guess, Star Wars or SW receptionist. Something like that. Is that something like that? Yeah. Um, Okay. So they go in there. The major domo is acting, you know, he's acting perfectly. Like I I continue to love whenever this major domo is saying things because this actor is playing the role uh, beautifully. He locks himself in the mayor's chambers to try to escape on the solo-esque speeder or the vehicle that Han Solo and um, Kira rode on and and, uh, piloted in the opening shots and opening scenes of Solo, a Star Wars story. And this Vespa chase ensues. And inside this Vespa chase, there are so many Easter eggs. We got pit droids. We'll be right back. Okay. Uh, Pit droids. I have something I need to show everybody. Okay. Okay. Ralph. (laughs) <laughs> Pit droids, Ralph McQuarrie's concept art of Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi and the droid taxi from Attack of the Clones. And I know that the droid taxi is a big deal to uh, DJ and it looks like he's absolutely back. it is. What do you got? What do you got? I own it. I own the concept art. Look at that. Look at that. You know how cool, you know how excited I was when I saw that? I was like, I have that. <laughs> it's hanging Dude, you on have another a piece wall. of Star Wars canon material. Like, literally. Right? Like, I am canon in a shot. at this point. <laughs> I am canon. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's this is the coolest thing. And I want to decide that y'all can see my reflection of my <laughs> ring light and everything now. But in this, in this, um, the only thing that's different from the shot in the show is they took out Luke and Boba. Yes, they did. Everything else is the same. And I, I meant to grab this before we started, but I forgot. What's that? Hold up. <laughs> I, I know the podcast listeners didn't just see what happened. It looked like when you pointed at the picture with the mic, you were trying to interview missing Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Skywalker, welcome to Mando Talk. How does it feel to be written out of the Book of Boba Fett? Well, there you I have it, folks. <laughs> No, that's not what I was doing, but hey, it's hilarious. No, and and you said the the taxi droid. Listen, mm-hmm. that was a big deal for me because yeah, sure, it, it's another Attack of the Clones callback. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all that matters. Oggy doggy, like that's just hilarious. And I I can't tell you how many times a week to my I'm not even joking. How many times a week, Caleb? I say to myself, Oggy doggy. I say it all the time. It's insane. So seeing that guy, I was just like, this is great. I shoot. I could, <laughs> this is where I might, that's why this scene was so much fun to me mm. because it, it had so many Easter eggs. And I don't care if the speeder bikes are slow. We already have established that. Ethan's yeah, over calling it Spy Kid. It's Spy Kids pod racing. You're I right. Like I like that, but Ethan. <laughs> we might need to, might, might need to keep that going. Spy yeah. Kids pod racing. Yeah. But anyway, that's where I, I needed to just throw this all in there real quick because 
I, I genuinely appreciated so much of this. It just had like 80 different Easter eggs in it. And that's why I loved it so much. Yeah, no, it was, it was Easter egg heavy. And, you know, I didn't really want to, like I said at the top, you know, I, I've already mentioned, you know, how it looked and how it felt for me, but you know, it was cool to see the solo type of, uh, of, a vehicle there. And, and something that I have to remind myself is as far as speed goes, this isn't Han Solo driving that vehicle. This is the goofy, uh, major domo. So let's remind sure. ourselves of that too. Like, I understand that aspect. I think it's just more so just the, the general way that, that the whole thing was shot. But, you know, let again, like I said, let's not waste any time on that. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Let's just get to the cool stuff. Um, the Vespa gang then ends up stopping the Major Domo. And this is a really cool moment when Boba finally, finally flies in on that jetpack. That was a super cool little mini shot. Yes. Great. Loved Great it. Moment. And the Major Domo reveals that the mayor is gone with the Pikes and is, in fact, working with them so it does seem like the uh huts the twins <laughs> were telling the truth they were telling the truth so any okay before we go to the final moments of the episode dj final thoughts on the uh vespa chase i'm not calling it speeder chase <laughs> it is a vespa chase um and have you ever ridden a vespa because those things go about 40 miles an hour no i have not my dad owned a type of Vespa and um, I won't say how fast I've driven it, but it will go. I will say how fast you can get up to 50 going downhill. Just saying very it's nice. impressive. <laughs> it's also very scary, but um, <laughs> don't mind me playing with my Boba Fett action figure and mimicking <laughs> the drop, but the worst mimicking of a jetpack drop you've ever seen. But you know, I, it was, it was fun. It was good stuff. And it set up the next thing. And that's what we need to get to is the next thing. Yeah. And, and this next thing is that a after, you know, it's kind of revealed that he is working for them. A Vesp, the Vespa gang, or sorry, a massive Starliner arrives on Moss Espa full of Pikes. And a Vespa gang member reports back to Boba and Finnick that the Pikes have indeed arrived, meaning that, you know, the twins were correct. You know, they. They actually told the truth. And then this tease of war is made and Boba says, we will be ready. And that is where we are left with uh, here at the end of chapter three. Great reveal. The, the potential, the, the hope of a Kira and Crimson Dawn, I told DJ after seeing this, is more alive now than it was last week at the same time. So Cert I'll take certainly. this as a win. Um, and I'm more interested to see the nitty gritty with the pikes and this war that is indeed brewing. All right, DJ, what did you think? No, I mean, to me, it's there's always a calm before the storm and there's always a short calm before the war begins. Um, things heat up before there's war. Boba coming in and taking out Biv Fortuna was that calm. And that's where the calm stopped. And e ever since then, the waves that a war is brewing has just been slowly coming in and out of that shoreline, so to speak. So um, it's really neat to see what they're, what they're doing as far as what they're writing, how that's going to be played out. I I'm very excited to see how that's going to happen. Even Rafa again, back in the chat saying Kira will be here soon is his hope. And um, he thinks it has to happen, which that's that's a big thing man if you think that that has to happen you know i don't think it needs to happen but mm. it's the best it's the coolest option bring back that Ooh, that was that was a uh, ryan that was ryan I think that was ryan rafa. i'm yeah, yeah i did say rafa i was looking at it quick is what happened ryan you're right on there and tim also saying this is where din jarn comes in hey you know what there are people still saying that there could be a din jarn cameo in this so it does make yeah. sense that there could be a Din Djarin cameo very soon, and it does make sense to come in for the final uh, finale-type battle. So mm. that's a lot of good thoughts there, can culminating you know, to my brain head. You know, that's, yeah. that's some fun stuff. So, I, I mean, I, that's where I'm hoping this thing kind of goes, and I think that we're not going to get that on Wednesday. You know, I don't think we'll get that on Wednesday. But um, And speaking of things that we might get on Wednesday, come back Tuesday for our predictions. Mm -hmm. um so you can hear what we think and we would love to hear y'all y'all's predictions too in fact i'll just go ahead and say this 
um, if you want your predictions read on the show, drop them in discord, you know, mm. go drop them in discord and, and do it in the main chat. We would love, love to hear you guys um, thoughts on, on those things that you think might happen. So please go ahead and do that. Cause we'll make sure to read those out. Um, but all, all said and done, man, war's brewing. And I, I want to charge down the dune sea on a bantha man on a bantha like a ban like a bantha that's all i want to do now is ride right yeah bantha. i can't i can't Add remember bucket list i can't remember who said this in the chat but ever since it was said i am mentally still thinking about the possibility of seeing boba riding a rancor tuscans riding banthas and black car santon along with the ride heading toward these pikes and potentially crimson dawn uh, again, I'm let, okay. Let's not get our expectations set to that because that is crazy. That that's insane. I will shed <laughs> if that happens. I'm staring into the camera. If that happens, I will shed so many tears that moisture farming will become obsolete on Tatooine. I just want to put that out there, there you go. because <laughs> come come on, guys. Just just. It's beautiful. I want yeah. the Lego set. That's what I want. I want the Lego yeah. set. Of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to well, make my own Lego set of that. That's what's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see if it comes to <laughs> that type of moment. But it sounds like me and DJ, if it doesn't happen, we're going to have to like shoot a Lego scene of this happening in some form or something. <laughs> yes, something. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, so fun. if you're loving the book of Boba Fett and you're loving what we're doing here and you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We would greatly appreciate it. We obviously, obviously have way too much fun doing this. If you like having fun, this is the place for you. So again, we'll, we'll do our final plugs here Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time exclusively on YouTube. We do our book of Boba Fett predictions. Um, and then Thursdays, like right now at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, we do our spoiler discussion, our after shows. Um, and then, you know, this audio is, though, then uploaded to our podcast listeners on Friday morning. So you're not missing anything. And we just greatly appreciate wherever you're you're catching our voices. And other than that, just if you want some more action from us, you know, Discord, it's in the link. And then our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Mando Talk on all of those platforms. DJ, any final thoughts that you would like to share with our lovely audience? You said that all we, all we do around here is have fun. And mm -hmm. a song came to my mind from the Beach Boys. It goes, and we'll have fun, fun, fun until Boba takes our Bantha away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. All right. <laughs> I can't follow that up. I can't follow that up. Okay, so let's get out of here. We hope you have a blessed week, rest of the week, and a blessed weekend. And we can't wait to see you on Tuesday for our Book of Boa Fett predictions. And until then, as always, we have spoken.